Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. Except this week it should be renamed Universe Weekly because we're ignoring parochial terrestrial affairs and focusing instead on the exploration of Mars. And that's because earlier this week, Curiosity, a car-sized $2.5 billion roving exploration vehicle, landed on Mars as part of a mission run by NASA, the American Space Agency. With me to discuss the mission is Clive Cookson, the FT's science editor. Clive, first of all, how much of a landmark is this in the exploration of Mars? It's much the biggest and most ambitious mission to Mars so far. Curiosity is five times bigger than any rover that's been sent before. It's got a plutonium-powered battery that should enable it to trundle for tens, even hundreds of kilometres across the Martian surface. It's bristling with instruments to dig into the soil, drill into the rocks, to look at the chemistry and geology of Mars, see whether the conditions either were or possibly still are suitable for life. It's part of a continuity, but it's biggest and best by far. And what what are the key questions? I'm sure there are many, many scientists who will have questions they want answered about what's going on on Mars, but what are the ones you expect uh, them to focus on? They're focusing on what's called astrobiology. In other words, Is there life anywhere beyond Earth? Mars, millions, hundreds of millions, maybe even billions of years ago, was much wetter than it is now. Now it's a desiccated, arid, red planet. The geology shows that water flowed on Mars probably quite recently. And if there was water, there could have been life. So the big question is, was there life on Mars? Might there even be life on Mars? What Curiosity is going to do is to look for a lot of chemical signatures, organic chemicals that might show whether there was life on Mars, whether the conditions could be suitable. It's not equipped actually to detect a microbe. If there was a microbe in the soil, it might miss it, but it would certainly give a lot of pointers in that direction. And how quickly do we expect it to do its work? It's going to take its time, so there are going to be a few weeks of checking it out, flexing the robotic arm, making sure that everything's working properly. Then, probably in September, October, it'll start trundling off. Mm -hmm. It's landed in something called Gale Crater, just south of the Martian equator. And in the middle of this crater, there's a huge and mysterious mountain, which the Americans have called Mount Sharp. It's very interesting because it's got a great geological diversity and Curiosity is going to head out for that mountain during next year and look at all the different ages of Martian rock and see what the conditions were when they were laid down. How technically difficult was this to pull off? Because I saw the NASA scientists were saying that it was seven minutes of terror while they waited for the thing to land. Could it have gone wrong? Well, yes, NASA has kept from the glory days of the 60s a marvellous PR machine. And that seven minutes of terror video, which went viral on the web, was superb at illustrating 
the landing. And it, yes, it could have gone wrong. It was an amazing feat of robotic control, the way Curiosity speeding in from interplanetary space, how it had to be slowed down first with its heat shield, then with a parachute, and then the most extraordinary manoeuvre at the end, where retro rockets hovered above the surface of Mars and lowered the Curiosity rover rover down on nylon cables. And then the cables were cut, the sky crane flew off and crashed somewhere else on the surface, and there was Curiosity exactly where it was meant to be. An amazing, amazing feat. Wow. And how does it send its information back? It's using quite a variety of different radio transmission systems because there are a couple of satellites in orbit around Mars, one European, one American. They'll relay signals, and it can also send signals back directly. So it's got a variety of radio channels to send pictures and other observations back to Earth. Now, you make it sound fascinating, and yet it hasn't quite captured the imagination remotely like, say, that the famous moon landings of you know our childhood... Is that because there aren't men on this mission, do you think? Oh, I wouldn't agree, Gideon. It was extraordinary. I saw a film of a large crowd in Times Square, New York, Mm -hmm. in the early hours of Monday uh, morning. They were watching a big screen where NASA was relaying the latest news from Curiosity. And when those first pictures came back, showing they had landed uh, successfully... These young people, as they mostly were, were chanting, NASA, NASA, <laughs> NASA, just like a sports crowd would have been chanting, USA, yeah. USA. And apparently schools and colleges, although they're on vacation mostly, held gatherings. I think it has captured the American imagination and shows that much more than boring manned space flights to and from the space station, I think it could. I mean, this is robotics as superstars. Mm-hmm. So do you think that manned missions now will belong to the past? I gather you've changed your own mind about this. I have. I'm really a child of the Apollo era. I would have thought that by the early 21st century, I'd at least have gone to the moon and probably have gone to Mars. And that phrase, NASA's idea that it was the manifest destiny of humanity to spread out through the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, that did resonate with me. But I think given the funding realities, we've got to put that on hold for a few decades. In other words, probably until after I'm dead. Um, and put the available money into more exciting unmanned missions. Because the sad thing is that because NASA's had to cut its budget so much, planetary science, this sort of exploration, is on hold, and I think it's the wrong way round. This Curiosity mission is the last big planetary mission that NASA has on the books. There's nothing more until they come up with something else. President Obama has mentioned, though, the idea of a manned mission by 2035. Is that so distant that we don't even need to take it seriously as as an aspiration? Because after all, I remember Kennedy, when he said, get to the moon, he said, within the decade. And that was funded properly. I mean, people say that it would take $250 billion to send people to Mars. It's far more expensive than it was getting to the moon. And Kennedy and Johnson were able to command the budgets. I can't imagine, under the present conditions, any US administration commanding $250 billion over the next 20 years. I just think it's completely unrealistic. I'd love it to happen, but given that that sort of money isn't available, I'd rather it went into proper unmanned exploration of Mars, Jupiter, 
Venus, all the other exciting planets out there. What about somebody else? Because after all, the American moon missions were sparked partly by Cold War rivalry with, with the Soviet Union. I mean, have the Chinese, who actually do have some money at the moment, started taking interest in space exploration? I gather even the Indians are talking about it. Yes, they are. The Russians are interested in Mars, and in fact, the Russians are going into partnership with the European Space Agency. The next big extravaganza on Mars in 2016 and 2018 is called ExoMars. That's led by the European Space Agency with the Russians as partners. So yes, there is other activity, but we have to remember that NASA is by far the largest and still by far the best funded space agency, the technologically most advanced one in the world. I think the US will have to take a lead. What about the idea of some sort of global mission, or is that impossibly uh, utopian to think that you might actually pool global resources? I love the idea of pooling global resources, though, as you know, the more and more partners there are in something like Mm. this, the more inefficiency there is, because they each have to make some bit of it. It can work. I mean, CERN, the European Nuclear Physics Centre, that's doing great stuff in subatomic physics, that shows that it can work. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think if we we are going to send people to Mars, despite what I've said, I don't think 2030s is realistic, maybe by 2040s, that will really have to be a global mission, globally funded. The world will have to do it if it's going to happen. Clive, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Gideon. And that's it for this week. My thanks again to Clive Cookson, the FT's science editor, and to Martin Starbo in the studio. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.